If you love cryptic clues and decoding puzzles, you'll be fascinated by the world's longest-running treasure hunt. And it's totally related, I promise. What happens when a daggy dad who knows next to nothing about what music the kids are listening to today chats with a hip young Taylor Swift fan about the search for the ultimate lover? This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Hey, welcome to the show for this week. And I have with me here in the studio, fresh from the crispy Blue Mountains, <laughs> Kira Lee Josie. How are you, Kira? I'm well. How are you? Oh, am I allowed to call you Kira or does it have to be Kira Lee? Oh, um, it's okay. It's okay. It can be Kira. <laughs> <laughs> it can be Kira. Yeah. I'm, I'm sensing a bit of resistance here. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to stick with Kira Lee. Thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's fine. Now, Kira Lee, you wrote an article for us in uh, Signs of the Times for this month, uh, for October, which is great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that very much. Um, before we go any further, Apart from writing awesome articles for Science Magazine, what what else do you do with your life? Yeah. Just, just to get to know you. Yeah, so I'm a part-time high school teacher. I teach in religious studies. Mm-hmm. And as well as that, I'm also finishing off my last year of my education degree. Uh-huh. Okay. So you just couldn't wait to get to the end of your your uh, your degree, just straight into the teaching, huh? <laughs> well, I'm actually leaving teaching next year. So Oh wow, okay. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a joke I'm playing on everyone and myself. I'm actually <laughs> going to be pursuing pursuing studying theology instead. Oh wow. Okay, so this Bible teaching thing has got you really interested in the Bible and learning more about God and you're thinking actually yeah. I want to pursue that. Yeah, that's it. That's wow. it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I reckon your the sort of principles you're learning in your teaching degree will definitely come in handy, mm. you know, in theology because often what you're doing is explaining sometimes difficult or sometimes complicated sort of issues to people, you know, which is teaching basically. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, my, I mean, my favourite sort of sermon or Bible study is a very, you know, teaching-oriented one. So, yeah, be a good crossover. Will you get some sort of credit for subjects you've already done? No, I won't get any. Oh, really? It's actually tragic. So, so you got to do four full years all over again. That's it. Oh, well, no, because um, I'm currently at undergraduate level, so I'll graduate at the end of this year. Oh, yeah. And then I'm doing a... Oh, the post, graduate diploma? The post... Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. The graduate diploma in theology and ministry. Two years. Yeah. Two years, yeah. With no credits. <laughs> <laughs> two years. Well, you've sort of got two years of credits in some ways. For Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, wow, that's fascinating. Okay. Well, what else is fascinating about you, I think anyway, is that you chose to pretty much kick off your article and talk in great detail <laughs> about one of the world's best-selling pop musicians right now, and that is the one and only Miss Taylor Swift. Yeah. So, uh, are you a fan, Kira Lee? Am I a fan? Yes. yes. Yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it. But okay. how passionate I am about that depends on who I'm with. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, I was introduced to a new word reading your article, and that is Swifty. So, yep. so apparently, like when my dad said Swifty, like if you pulled a bit of a Swifty, that means um, <laughs> you'd <laughs> you'd yep. be a bit tricky. Yeah. But a Swifty is also a, a fan of Taylor Swift. Do, do you yep. consider yourself a Swifty? Oh, I would say in a way. 
Okay. In a way, but definitely I've fallen off the wagon as I've got a bit older. <laughs> so maybe you're on the, the fringes of Swiftydom. I think so. You know, it's actually funny, though. Um, yeah. it, it's its own language among me and my friends. Mm-hmm. I, I have two friends who communicate exclusively in what they call Swifts. <laughs> so they're just Taylor Swift GIFs that they send to each other through Messenger. Oh, and that's out. the only way they talk. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's definitely a big part of my life. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, look, I have to admit, well, t- tell me one Taylor Swift song that I would probably know. Oh. Um, like a re- the really, 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 really popular one that, oh, come on, everyone knows that one. Just, just to check to see if I can connect with you wow. at all on this because... Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm the opposite of a Swifty, whatever that is. Oh, yeah. Let me just think. It depends on what era you're going for. Well, any any era. Her most all right. Her most her most famous song, song ever. Okay, probably that. Look what you made me do. Song. I've heard the title. Yeah. Can can, can, can you hum a line or two for uh, me? Unfortunately, I don't sing <laughs> in order to save those around me. But <laughs> right. but I I wish I I wish I could. But that was see that's in that music video. She says you know the old Taylor Swift's dead. Oh right. So that's her being very edgy and very um. Right. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about the reputation era in her albums. Oh, okay. So, yeah. look, I, I did do a, a quick crash course in Wikipedia. Right. And I have heard Taylor Swift songs. I mean, I have to admit, they're so unmemorable to me that I cannot remember any of them. But yep. I remember that when I heard, oh, Taylor Swift, she's this huge pop princess. And when I had a listen, I thought, oh, she's country. Yeah, she used to be. Oh, has she and gone now more, she's pop. more pop, mm. less country? Yeah. So, this is part of the transition. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. And some people hate it. Some people love it. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Right. Okay. So she's sort of is she sort of country pop or she's definitely pop pop she's now? She's definitely pop now. Okay. All right. Well, yep. there you go. Well, look look some of you listening to this will be, "Oh my goodness, you guys are so ignorant. Can't you have no <laughs> idea?" And others of you will be like, "Thank you very much for explaining what the deal is with Taylor Swift." So, yes. Yep. So, sorry to the Swifties out there f- for my ignorance. So, but one thing that was fascinating about Taylor Swift that you mentioned in your article is is her love language. Now, we we yeah. what, she, what she calls her love language. Yep. We have this idea that People like develop their friendships and connect with other people in different ways. You know, some people like to receive presents, some people like words of affirmation, you know, physical touch, all that sort of stuff. What is, tell us about Taylor Swift's love language. Yeah, Taylor Swift loves leaving cryptic clues everywhere. Right. Yeah. Examples? Like on her Instagram, for example, she, oh, before she deleted her Reputation album, which was about four years ago, Mm -hmm. she deleted every photo. Mm. Deleted her profile photo. Everything was gone. Nothing in her bio. Wow. And so people were like, what on earth is going on? And it was like that for, I don't know, a few days. And then she started posting little little videos. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this little slither- slithering sort of moving silver thing. And people were like, like, what is it? What is it? And then eventually it was re- revealed to be a snake over time just through these videos. But she was just so cryptic. Like, it even goes down to, like, recently, before her this, her current album. Yeah, Lover, it came out yeah. in August. Yeah. yeah. She was posting, like, pictures of 13 palm trees and her playing Scrabble with her mum. And there were, like, little clues in here where, like, fans are, like, enhancing and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, so intense. And and it has all been revealed? Do we know the meaning of, of these clues? Now? Yeah, yeah, they've all been revealed with the release of her albums. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, she just left clues, though, 
in everything. Like when you think you've solved it all, she releases another music video and mm-hmm. then there's all of these clues for something else. And mm-hmm. I actually saw a post, I think this morning that was going through how she had left a clue in a music video from two years ago, wow. pointing to one of her songs on her current album. Oh. And it's just like, how does she plan? How does she plan that? It's insane. All connected. Exactly. Wow. And, and is this the sort of thing that you're like into like generally in, in real life? Like, do you like clues and puzzles and treasure hunts and that sort of thing? See, I like to think I do, but I get mm-hmm. frustrated really quick. Mm. So, or do you just like watching Nicolas Cage movies where he's, you know, going through dungeons and tunnels and finding the answers to problems. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm thinking, is it was it Treasure Hunter? National or Treasure? National is Treasure. Yeah, yeah that's I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah, generally I get really bored really quick. Oh, okay. But um, this is the type of thing where like whenever anything comes out from her, me and my friend will like message each other, but we're not doing the clue finding ourselves. Mm-hmm. We go and find like articles from other people who found the clues. Right. Yeah. So we're sort of lazy. <laughs> oh, okay. But we put it together. <laughs> but obviously you find the whole thing fascinating. That yeah. In fact, she's, she's doing this. She leaves it there and so well planned. Okay. So, all right. High school religion teacher Taylor Swift fan starts putting it together and says, you know what? In the Bible, there's a bunch of cryptic clues, or not so cryptic clues, yeah. as, as you point out. Talk, talk us through that and, and like how you sort of made this connection in, in your head. Right. So, I was teaching Year 9 about what we call Messianic prophecies. So, just mm-hmm. prophecies in the Old Testament that point to Jesus in the New Testament. Yeah. So, Messianic being the Messiah. So, yeah. Jesus the Messiah who is coming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I was teaching them about all that. And I was like, wow, these are so cool because there are so many of them. And mm-hmm. I teaching them was just finding out about more and more. And I was like, these are crazy specific. And I guess we'll get into some later mm. on. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought it was so cool. And then I also work with one of my friends and we work on, you know, producing articles and different content. A joke we've had going mm-hmm. is that I won't be able to ever, you know, integrate anything that, you know, I really love, like pop culture wise into mm-hmm. my articles or mm-hmm. anything that I write just because they're so funny. Like mm-hmm. if you know the Broadway musical Hamilton. No. Nope. Okay, so that's a very famous musical and something that I'm working on integrating. And Taylor Swift basically I always said, I'm going to get Hamilton and I'm going to get Taylor Swift into an article somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, they'd always laugh at me. Yep. <laughs> and then suddenly, well, a while ago, I was just in bed going to sleep. And then this idea just popped into my head. Yep. It was like, Taylor Swift leaves clues. Wow, all, all the Old Testament are like little clues pointing to Jesus. This is pretty cool. And then it yep, came yep. together and I was like, this is amazing. Okay. All right. So uh, I guess the obvious question is how have your religion classes in high school sort of taken to your, uh, have you made this comparison to them in class? Hey, you guys like, like Taylor Swift, like the clues. How about these clues in the Bible? Have you made that connection? No, I haven't. haven't? Now I'm thinking maybe I should. This is the obvious audience. Yeah, you're right. You totally should. (laughs) Although, yeah, see, it's sort of cool not to like Taylor Swift among kids that age. Yeah, for a lot of them. So it's one of these love hate things like, uh, like, Justin Bieber, like, 10 years ago sort right. of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. They, and they think Mr. O.C. is already lame enough. So, mm. we'll see. Maybe I'll slip it in the last term. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. So, so let's let's have a look at, at the Bible and love you to give us some examples or so we can discuss this together. Some of these clues that you say are, are in the Bible because... Obviously, the thing about cryptic clues is that they're actually quite hard to interpret and they can mean a whole bunch of different things. 
And I guess the accusation yeah. could be made that, well, yeah, when Christians read the Bible and they read something and they go, oh, that's about Jesus, and someone else will go, no, yeah. it doesn't say the word Jesus there. How is that about Jesus? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd love you to take us through a few examples of, of these that maybe some less cryptic, maybe some more cryptic, so that we can sort of start to piece together what, what you're talking about. Yeah. So this is one that I included in the article, but it says in Micah 5 verse 2, but you Bethlehem. E- Ephrathah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Right. So, okay. the cool thing about that is like, oh, Bethlehem, that could be any old town, because there were quite a few Bethlehems in Judea yeah. at the time. Because I think Bethlehem literally, like Beth, Beth means house, mm. and Lehem means bread, so bake, base, basically bakery. Oh, so, wow, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, so there could have been a bunch of places called bakery, so that's, yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. so a whole bunch of places called bakery, but yeah. it actually tells you which Bethlehem it will be in. Uh-huh, Bethlehem Ephrathah. Yeah. And it says it's in Judah. Yeah. In the province of Judah. Oh, was the does it? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah although you were least Judah. In, the, mm. yeah, in Judah. So we yeah. know it's in that region, sort yeah. of around Jerusalem-ish. Yeah, okay. so actually very specific when you look into it a bit more. Mm-hmm. And and so cool that out of all those towns, mm. they've they've picked one, you know, more okay. specifically. I've, I found that so cool. All right. And, and I guess if, you know, if any of us have been to Carol's by Candlelight, you know, Christmas is coming. <laughs> have you noticed? <laughs> oh, too have you soon. Noticed? Have you noticed the decorations are already in the shop? Yeah, yeah, it's what, distressing. What is going on with that? Mm. Okay, anyway, so, <laughs> but yes, we've all been to Christmas carols and we've heard people sing songs about Bethlehem and stuff, oh, yeah. little town of Bethlehem, so we know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So, so you're saying this is a prophecy from, what, 700 years before Jesus' birth that says this is where Jesus is going to be born. In, yeah. in Bethlehem. All right. So, what is it about this verse that tells us it? It's, I mean, a ruler. It says, "In Bethlehem will be will come one who will be ruler over Israel." So, I mean, that could have been anyone. What What makes you think this is Jesus rather than? I mean, like David, for example, he was born in Bethlehem. Right. King, King David. What What else about this verse would hint that this is not just David or anyone else born in Bethlehem? Mm, good question. Let me think on that. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, I was I was throwing that to you because I thought it was really obvious. Because the next bit says whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Oh, correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so that doesn't that doesn't that suggest that this is a person who's like who's been who is eternal, who's been yeah. around forever. Yeah, right. I mean, look, that's how I read it. If you, it's not just a baby who's born. It's someone yeah. who, someone whose origins are from from way back in eternity and infinity. So that's that to me, that to me says this is not just a human. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sorry, I've, I, look, I fed you the answer there. I'm not going to be so kind next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, g- give us another example, Kiri Lee. All right. So, what's cool that I've noticed is that in a in a number of in a number of places in the Bible, it just sort of pops up like mm-hmm. these little hints towards mm-hmm. towards the Messiah. And when you're looking for them, when you're looking for little hints towards Jesus, I guess they just show up, which mm-hmm. some people would say confirmation bias, mm-hmm. for sure. But if we if we look into it, there's actually in Isaiah 53. Oh, yeah, this is Yeah, this is like the best one for mm-hmm. it. Like, whenever whenever I read it, I'm just constantly, like, wowed by mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I, I taught my kids about it this year, and I, 
and you know reading through it with them and I'm like how are you not amazed mm-hmm. like they sort of just didn't care and I was like no this is the best this is mm-hmm. so cool well, well, well tell us what what does Isaiah 53 actually say yeah, well, if we read it, so this is reading from verse 7 to 9, so I just chose mm-hmm. a little bit of it, but sure. he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open it, his mouth. Mm-hmm. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in death. Though he has done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So h- how do um how does what what is said here line up with with what happened in in the life and it sounds like the death of, yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. So it points directly to what we see in to what we see in his death. Mm-hmm. So you know Jesus is arrested. Doesn't really say that much mm-hmm. at all in yeah, his defense. Just. Yeah, goes. he's asked questions and he's mm-hmm. silent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, he, he just goes goes to his death. You know, people aren't really protesting. In fact, his friends are disowning him, mm-hmm. if anything. Mm. And, you know, a grave the wicked. Well, and, and, the, and rich. the rich. Yeah, and we know that his grave was actually a rich man's grave. Mm-hmm. So, Joseph of Arimathea, we're told that's where, where Jesus was yeah, buried. He, he in donated his tomb. his tomb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so pretty cool yeah i think that that is pretty cool and and like right in the like just before that stuff about the you know the grave with with the rich it says for the transgression of my people he was punished i mean that's a wow what what do you understand that to mean yeah well i'm just thinking transgression so trans i guess we still use like trans like artists oh this artist is so transgressive Sorry, that, that's my artist voice. It's, <laughs> but it means sin, doesn't it? Basically? Yeah, yeah, sin. Yeah. So, like, for the, that just doesn't make any sense, right? To write unless it was directly pointing to Jesus, because mm. it's saying, you know, when when I die, I'm not dying for anyone's sins. When mm-hmm. you know, when other people in the Bible died, they weren't dying for anyone's sins. It was just Jesus, mm-hmm. only Jesus. Yeah. And to write that in Isaiah, which was you know quite a while before Jesus yeah, was born, yeah, like a couple of hundred one, years at yeah, least, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. So, a long time before Jesus was born, mm. and he's writing that, you know, someone's dying for the tra- transgressions of the people. He's dying and he's silent. Mm-hmm. And it even s- describes him like, as a lamb to the slaughter. And I guess yep. for a Jewish reader, they'd be thinking of the sacrificial lamb because right. they actually did, like, if they'd done something wrong, if they'd done a sin, they would bring a lamb to the temple. That lamb would be sacrificed and s- slaughtered for their sins. Right. So, this idea of transfer of sins, you know, onto a lamb. Mm. would have been familiar to to a Jewish readership. But then to put a human in that position, I imagine, would have been quite radical. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, this is this is why when Jesus actually did come, so many people didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they were they were thinking in this in the historical context at mm-hmm. the time, you know, the people, the Jewish people in um in Judea were being oppressed by the Romans. Mm-hmm. And so they were looking for a Messiah who would save them. Mm. And they thought that saving them, like militarily, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, th- so they thought that that meant you know coming in, all guns blazing, mm. start a revolution. Yeah, yep. exactly, exactly. But we actually see in the Old Testament that this, the Messiah that they wanted and they thought they were going to get, is not the one who was actually predicted. Mm. Yeah, a, su- a suffering servant, mm. a, a suffering Messiah, and that would have been very inconvenient, I imagine. And oh, yeah, exactly. Not, not great. <laughs> I've, I've actually heard that Isaiah fifty three was sort of a, a forbidden. Um, chapter for a, for a long time, and the, mm, I mean, decently still is within 
Yeah, within Judaism? Yeah. Yeah, okay. There's a great YouTube video, actually, where some people go out to the streets in Jerusalem and they have mm. Isaiah 50. Yeah, you've seen it? I've seen it. They have Isaiah mm. 53 in Hebrew and they have people reading it in Hebrew, yeah, yeah. you know, and and ask him, hey, you know, do you, what does this say? And they just say, they're just given the obvious meaning. Yeah. And, and I guess the temptation is to think, well, look, this could have easily been tweaked. After, right. after Jesus, you know, life and everything. And when Christianity came along, they just sort of went back to Isaiah and inserted a few bits that made it to yeah. sound like Jesus. But we know that like right there in Jerusalem, I've never been to Jerusalem. I don't know if you have. No. But <clears throat> there's a, I've seen lots of photos. I haven't heard about it. There's a building there um, where they have some of the Dead Sea Scrolls on display. Yeah. And and the one of the biggest scrolls or almost complete scrolls, I should say, that they found was a scroll of Isaiah. It's a complete mm. scroll of Isaiah, and it's on display there, sort of wrapped around the middle, uh, sort of this giant pillar in in the middle. It's I don't know if, if pillar is the right word, but it's a massive, big yeah. circular sort of display, and you can. It's in obviously ancient Hebrew, but yeah. it's there, and the words are there to this day, mm. right now. And those Dead Sea Scrolls, they've been dated to, I think, a couple of hundred years before. Before Jesus' birth, yeah, like it's the some of the oldest biblical manuscripts ever found, and they're mm. right there. And Isaiah fifty three is there, yeah, which is intact. Totally, that just blows me away. Yeah, mm. sorry, that sort of gets into archaeology and stuff. No, but it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a history teacher. Yeah, so oh, there you yeah. go. So you, you you get into that stuff. Definitely. All right. Okay. Any, anything else? Any other um, clues or that you'd like to talk to us about? Yeah. So um, I guess in the article, I sort of went through like so. There's you know documented time of when Jesus was going to be a refugee in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And often we forget that Jesus was actually a refugee and that he ran away. So he and his family ran away for, I think it was two years Mm -hmm. to Egypt. And that's prophesied in the book of Hosea in 11 verse one. Yeah. What does it say? When Israel was a child, I loved him and out of Egypt, I called my son. Mm. So I would say this has a double fulfillment in a way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of prophecies do, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Or, or statements do. Because we could say, well, yeah, if you look at the story of the Exodus, mm. God called his people out of Egypt. He there, his done. Ch- the children of Israel, yeah. yeah. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Yeah, exactly. So, when you're calling someone out of Egypt, you're calling them out of slavery, it re- references that story. Yeah, yeah. But you see a double meaning there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jesus, we know, is God's son. Mm-hmm. So, it makes sense. You know, he went to Egypt, eventually, mm. you know, came came back from Run, that. Running away from evil King Herod, which yeah. is part of the Christmas story we often skip over. But <laughs> yeah, because yes. less pleasant. <laughs> but, of course, you know, there's more specific ones, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's this one, you could say, oh, I guess, like, mm-hmm. it could go either way. I mean, there's lots of people in Egypt, there's lots of children of God. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Mm. So, let's look at another one. Yep. So, it actually tells us that Jesus is going to teach in parables, mm. which is pretty cool. That's something that Jesus is well known for. Mm-hmm. Also something that was done a lot in the day, but mm-hmm. still pretty cool. So if we go to Psalms and then we go to 78. Mm-hmm. Psalm 78. All right. And then if we go to verse two, mm-hmm. it says, I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. Mm, things of old. There's this idea of ancient and from ancient times there mm. again. Yeah. Ah, some ancient mysteries there. Yeah, and what's really cool is that, you know, in, in Psalms, you see so many pointers towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I made it my mission to read through the Psalms, and mm-hmm. 
I was pretty terrible at it. I think I got through to maybe 22. <laughs> but even even then, I could see, like, I think Psalms 22 is a bit of a classic and Psalm 23 as well. Like, those mm-hmm. ones point directly to Jesus. Yeah, I think Psalm 22 starts yeah. with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, yeah. Which is what Jesus actually, he said those words on the mm. cross. Yeah. And, of course, his hearers would have known that he was referencing that psalm. And we know perhaps less well mm. now. Mm. And what's really cool, I think, is that, you know, we, we look at these clues in the Old Testament, these little clues, mm-hmm. but even then, the whole of the Old Testament is pointing towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let's not even, you know, talk about verse for verse. Mm-hmm. If, we go in, if we go into the Old Testament and we look at the big idea, we can see a, that every book in there, mm-hmm. every, every chapter, every event, somehow points to Jesus. Wow. It points to Jesus coming, mm-hmm. which is, to me, just remarkable. Like, mm. if you look at, you know... Moses leading the people out of Egypt. Let's go back to the Exodus, mm-hmm. and we'll look at that. And you think, oh, that's a that's a pretty neat story. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, that's the way that you know Jesus came to lead us mm. out, out of sin, out of you know those transgressions, the slavery of sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see it over and over again. I mean, Joseph as well. Like he's, they don't even recognize who he is. Mm. His brothers don't recognize him, but he rescues them. And yeah, I, I, wow, I, I totally see what you're saying. Mm. Now, look, j- just as we finish, because uh, time is ticking away. I know time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it, Kira? Yep, bingo. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, we would definitely encourage people to check out your article. It's online now. Yep. So, yeah, just go to signsofthetimes.org.au and look in the culture section. And you're looking for an article called Taylor Swift and the Messianic Countdown. And uh, you've given a bunch more Bible references there, Kira Lee. Thanks yep. for that. So, p- people can check that out. Right. If they want to go even more in-depth, though, than, than your – because your article is sort of an introduction to the topic. yeah. yeah. If people want to go even more in depth, so like really dive into like finding all these clues and stuff mm. and stringing them all together. Do you have any like online resources or suggestions? Yeah. I mean, some people say, "Oh, just read the Bible." Well, you could. Yeah, it's going to be a hard slog. It's a long yeah. slog. That, at least that'll, that'll take you a while. Yeah, do that. We strongly encourage oh, yeah. that. But uh, is there any like website or whatever that can help you well, explore it better? Yeah, what's really cool is I don't think I said this before as well, but there's about two hundred to four hundred of these. Of these... Little prophecies. Wow, through the Bible. Yeah, all through the Bible. And what's really cool is that there's a number of websites, like um, Jews for Jesus is quite mm-hmm. good for this. Yeah, we've interviewed mm. um, Bob Mendelson, actually, oh, who's, awesome. um, yeah, who heads that up in Australia down at um, at Bondi Junction. Yeah, yeah. G'day, Bob, awesome. if you're listening. Yeah. Yep. So, they, they're they really cool as well. They have they have a website on there. They have the Old Testament prophecy, so they have mm-hmm. the reference for that. And mm-hmm. then they have the New Testament fulfillment. As oh, well. right, so they match it up. Yeah, yeah, wow. so they're not just, it's not just them saying like, oh, in the Old Testament it says this, and Jesus did this without any references. Mm-hmm. No, you can go and fact check it yourself, mm-hmm. and, you know, make up your own mind for what you think. Okay, there so. you go. And the, and these are, like, Jewish people, and a number of them mm. speak Hebrew and stuff, so, yeah, they're, they're unlikely to be coming up with wild theories there. Yeah. <laughs> they know their stuff. Wow, hey, thanks so much, uh, Kira Lee. I really appreciate you writing the article for us, and, and thanks so much for coming in today to Signs of the Times Radio. Thank you for having me. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Signs of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 